hear is singer-songwriter, broadcaster, audio-video artist, entertainment agent, and your host for the Dharmic Evolution. It's the master storyteller himself, James Kevin O'Connor. Hey, hey, I'm glad you're here today. We're going out west. Aren't you excited? We're going to L.A. I love it in L.A. But before we get there, don't forget, if you like this show, and I know you do, you're digging it, go over to dharmicevolution.com and you can sign up for your favorite podcast platform right there. Every Friday morning, the show will come right to your phone. How cool is that? So we're in L.A. with a famous Los Angeles singer-songwriter. She's got a recognizably unique voice, which has been described as equal parts Silk and Stevie Nicks. She developed a connection with fellow musicians and appreciators as a performer all across the L.A. region and beyond, sharing her unique vintage vibe, powerful vocals, and steady acoustic folk rock, rhythms in clubs, homes, and as a street performer. She's played at the House of Blues in Hollywood, music festivals, and has completed her second tour across the country. She's also the founder of Music Emerging, a site dedicated to the emotional well-being of people in the music industry. And uh, as I said, she's famous because she is a second-time alumni coming on this show as a Dharmic star. You better strap up your seatbelts because we're taking a ride today from the Music City with special guests for the second time. It's Cynthia Brando. Cynthia, welcome back to the Dharmic Evolution. Yeah, two times. That makes me like extra special. You're an alumni, girl. I'm an alumni. Damn right, yeah. Well, um, it's good to be back again talking to you, that's for sure. I always enjoy it. So much has happened to our collective, um, um, you know, travels and journeys through life. And especially musically, I think. um, But so much you know beyond the virus and everything everything leading up to that you've done a lot with your career and um i think you're such an awesome guest to have for the not just for your music but for the stories that you've accumulated and perhaps people listening out there who are neophytes and who are younger singer songwriters who follow this show and there's a lot of them um i've interviewed people from 15 to 75 and everywhere in between and I, I always marvel at there's no difference. It's like the passion right. is there or it's not. And it's usually there. And it's such a delight to see that, you know, because uh, music is timeless and ageless. So, um, you know, fascinating thing. You've got so many things as some of the people who have uh, not heard your previous show, which we'll announce that uh, episode in a little bit. But um, Cynthia also has music emerging where she features other artists around the country and around the world who are, you know, really infatuated with their art and their their careers and you help provide a platform for them. So why don't we start there? How did you come up with music emerging? So I guess it was two years ago that I was on the show because I I looked back and I thought it was longer because it's there's so much has happened in those two years, you know. Right. And uh, with music emerging, uh, I mean, I said this on the, the last time I was a guest, but I started it as a music magazine because I was interested in doing interviews with people and magazine layout and the, the visual aspect of a magazine was appealing to me and the conversations and documenting those and travel, 
you know, when you're doing stories. So I started it as a magazine and there were three issues and I interviewed a bunch of people and I had a great time doing it, but I, it, I, it was a solo venture. So it was really hard to keep that going by myself. And ultimately I, I you know, I was pretty new to the area in, in Los Angeles, so I couldn't find anyone that really wanted to get on board with what I wanted to do with it. And then I was thinking about what I wanted to do with my life with music because I, I am a performer and a singer songwriter, but I also wanted to branch out. I've always wanted to do that, but I wasn't sure what that would be. So I started thinking about um, what I'm interested in as far as other things that could be music related. And I really enjoyed the conversations I had with people with the magazine. So I decided that I was gonna take music emerging and rebrand it as a platform that provides emotional support for people in the music industry because that's something that I'm really passionate about. So talking with people on a deeper level, their struggles and how they persevere on the music path because it is super hard. And like you said, we're all related as artists that way, kind of a global community. And I have to remember that because I'm older and so I tend to look at younger people and like, oh, like I don't, I can't relate to that, but as an artist, like you said, we're all equal in that regards with the, with the passion aspect of what we want to do. So basically this last two years, I changed the platform to provide all sorts of resources for artists. And then that, that included a live stream. And I did that until recently, until the pandemic, when we have had to quarantine. So now I'm going to do a podcast. Nice. Congratulations. Yeah. And I hear it's really good. I'm going to be like you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm so glad you're doing a podcast because, um, you know, it brings so much into your world that like it's it's always these surprises. And for me, I think it's the relationships are the most valuable things, because after doing this for, you know, like five years now, um, I've accumulated all these friendships, which are just, you know, it's just wonderful to have that and experience other people's experiences in music and be able to, um, you know, to be able to share uh, amongst each other. So, uh, you know, best of luck to you. I, th- I think you're going to be awesome at it. You're going to have a great time too. I'm excited yeah, with, for you. With, um, yeah. And you're going to be a guest on my podcast. So I'm excited um, about that. I can't wait. But, um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> for the live stream, it was interesting because I was interviewing or having conversation. I don't like to say interview because it's not formal like that. So I call them, I, ca- I call it inspiring talks. Because that's right. what it is. It's an unscripted conversation. And I want the podcast to kind of be like that too. And um, I often have conversations with people that I see all the time. But I notice uh, with the live streaming, and I'm sure what I'll notice with the podcast, is I find out so much more about people. Yeah, yeah, so. it's it's great. And I'm, you know, the same way you are. Is I like to keep it light. And I don't really do pre-scripted questions. A lot of people have asked me for that. And I, I say, you know, I don't really know until we're in the conversation. And, you know, I'll have a few right. things, but I don't like, you know, throw somebody something that they're not ready for, or, you know, um, put them on the spot, if you will. Yeah, try not exactly. To do yeah. I, I do. I do that disclaimer <laughs> when I do yeah. the live stream. Like, don't worry. <laughs> It's going to be totally on the up and up. <laughs> what do you say we give all of your fans, our fans, our collective fans, a little slice of what Cynthia Brando is all about? This is called The Changing Skies of My Life.
when you told me about your lies I was standing outside Just thinking about my life Changing skies of my life Those long drives with you by my side When our hearts reach far and wide The road led to somebody else in the end Changing skies of my life. What a nice vibe that is. Really, really great. Um, oh, my 2018 album. I love it. Is that the title track of the album? Or is that... Is... No, that was the title of my tour, though, from that album. Oh, was it? Uh, right when I was on your podcast in 2018, I was just about to release that album and do my first tour at 40 years old. Wow. 41 years old. And I did it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that was a track uh, on the album. So it was called the Treehouse Trio Sessions. Um, that's what I, okay, no, yeah. that's the album. No I remember. Track. Right, okay. Yeah. Yeah, great. So let me ask you a little bit about that tour. Um, when you went out, like, did you have any preconceived ideas about how this is supposed to go? Because um, God tends to, to make fun of us and laugh at us when we, we, we plan too much. But, but did you have any like, like right. a whole like map of how this was going to go? 
Well, of course, if you want a successful tour, there is a lot of right brain planning involved. That takes a lot of um, leeway time, lead up time. So I planned the tour six months or more in advance. Right. So of course I mapped out everything and um, prepared as best as I could, uh, you know, with everything that you can possibly think that might happen when you're a solo woman on tour with expensive music equipment in a car that's not brand new, you know, all that stuff. It's like, I thought about it, but no, I didn't have any preconceived notions about what might happen. I just was excited. Well, I remember my mind state at the time because I said, I don't know if I'm going to like this. I'm going on tour for a month. I have no idea if I'm going to like this or I'm going to hate it. And I, it turned out I loved it. Right. So, and, but when you went out, um, you were in LA at the time, right? Yeah, still okay. in LA. Okay, yeah. so so you launched from there. Did you stay in in the LA California area? Did you do multiple states no. or? You went- <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, I think it was the first tour. I did two in a row, two years in a row. I think that year in 2018, I did eight or nine states. Wow! All um, all in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. So did you get up in the Seattle area? No, I didn't go that far up north, but right. I went to Montana oh, as far as, as northern states. And then Arizona, New Mexico. I'm surprised you came Nevada. back. <laughs> You're surprised I came back? Yeah, because you strike me as a very um, nature-loving woman. You just dig, you know, the I outdoors. Am. And, you know, when you see places like, I haven't been to Montana, so I can't say anything but the pictures. But I suspect right. if I go out there, I may never come back, you know. Um, yeah, I love that aspect about traveling. Yeah. Um, I mean, I went to college and everything and I was, you know, but I never was into school. To me, education was better for me, uh, learning by doing and intera- interaction. So uh, my degree in college was cultural studies. And when I was out on the road, I, I, I just got to revel in that like people and meeting them and their stories and the di- different environments and the landscapes. And I, I got to see amazing nature. I got to see the, the White Sands National Park in New Mexico, which wow. was spectacular. And um, yeah, it was an amazing experience that I, I suggest everyone in their life that's a musician at least try it out. So now, have you, like, when you did those tours, um, are you performing, like, locally right now? Or are you planning another, like, uh, tour, such as, you know, going to multiple states and doing a regional or semi-national tour? Not anymore. No, no. (laughs) You know, not with what's happening right now, because in California, there's going to be no... Uh, larger concerts until maybe 2021. Well, that's what and, I meant. Um, I should I should have prefaced this that way. But um, yeah, I know we're all we're all stuck with with total lockdown right now. But I mean, is that right. that in your future for? I hope perform- so. Yeah, I hope so. Um, it was really disappointing recently because I had already done months and months of work planning an East Coast tour. Yeah, which uh, I'm from there, and I had all these dates booked, and now you know. Uh, I canceled all those dates for the summer. So that was really disappointing. So I am hoping to rebook that when I feel comfortable. Yeah, it feels like the end of the world, doesn't it? (gasps) I think it's time. (laughs) you should say that. (laughs) Speaking of, let's play end of the world. You don't know 
what you're looking for All you feel Is your soul wanting more At the end of the world All your life There was something that Made a way At your heart's content until the end of the world You know, great guitar playing, uh, both acoustic and electric. You know, I love your sound. Yes. It's very, very, very pure. And um, is there anything in particular? Is that a is that song relating to what we're in now, or is that written before um, before what we're going through right now? Yeah, it's a spiritual song that I wrote um, a few years ago. Okay, and I chose it because it, it to me it speaks to what's happening now. Um, the questions that a lot of people are asking seem to be spiritual, deep questions during this time of reflection when a lot of people are out of work and are stuck at home and thinking about what's happening in the future. It's scary time. And and so that that um, that song to me relates to what's happening now, especially. 
Yeah, I like it because uh, metaphorically it can be whatever your situation is and everybody, right. you know, especially like the music culture got, you know, got slammed so badly as hospitality and airlines and so many things um, really got crushed with this thing. And, uh, you know, my heart goes out to so many people. And uh, thank you, by the way, for participating in, to, in the Here to Share and Care video, which I was yeah, working on. Yeah, that was so much um, fun. You, yeah, you did great on that. Your lip syncing, everything was was fabulous. Uh, you just look great on camera. Um, but what happened was I talked to a lot of people who were just so crushed and couldn't, you know, like a couple of friends, like, I'm um, selling my house and um you know, I'm just worried about how am I going to feed my kids? And, you know, all musicians who just like have no backup plan to say, how do I, how do I deal with this? You know? So, um, you know, it was kind of a bittersweet thing. A lot of people did respond and a lot just said they were just overwhelmed at this point and didn't know what to do. So I kind of parked it for a little while, but thank you for that. Um, with your sound, um, you keep it really, really, um, pure, which which I really really like. Um, it allows the mood and you know the different you know vocal tones that you use to really shine through. Can you just share with us your process? Are you doing like a Pro Tools rig? Are you doing uh, Logic? Or how do you how's your recording process? Um, this may sound weird, but my process of making music, especially recording, has been largely spiritual and soul searching because uh, it wasn't. I mean, I've been living in Los Angeles for six years right? and I've done music all my life, but I've never been able to really find my sound because I was always questioning myself and I lacked what I think now looking back is, is confidence. And so when I moved here, also the recording process requires a lot of trust. Yeah. With, with whoever's engineering or producing you. And I do a lot of stuff uh, at home on GarageBand, but my, yeah. like the album that the two songs we played, that's uh, my boyfriend produced that and engineered it. And okay. of course, there's a great trust there. And um, yeah. before that, I, I met another person that I developed a really strong friendship with, a trusting relationship. And those are the kind of people that elevate you personally, not just your voice, but they, they make you find something deep inside that maybe you, you, you bottled up or um, you question, like a, I have a strong vibrato. And when I moved to Los Angeles, the first couple of producers I met told me to get rid of that. Oh, right. it's not hip. It's not cool. No, you know, that's old fashioned or whatever. And so I kind of bought into that. Yeah. But tell, amazing. I tell, was older and <laughs> tell Joan Baez or Stevie Nicks that. Exactly. Right? <laughs> exactly. And, yeah. And also like with lyrics, um, I used to go to a lot of, uh, pitch events where you pitch your music to different opportunities. Yeah. And, um, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of people would, uh, give me feedback in the music industry about my lyrics that they're too vague or too spiritual or too, a little too far out there. They're, you know, and meaning that maybe they're not accessible to everyone. And I've had to really think about that. And, you know, a lot of that is like how to write a pop song. And so I had to question myself, like, is that what I want to do? Do I want to focus on trying to write something that fits into a mold? Or do I just want to explore um, this at this point in my life, like just something deeper that that needs that I feel needs to come out. And so the process of making music has been a lot about that. So when you did your first um, uh, studio album, let's say st- studio experience, 
Did you come away with a lot more um, introspection and knowledge based on that experience saying, I see where I'm going and I see where my sound is. I can hear where my next, you know, my next pivotal point is for me to grow as an artist. Did it help you like to, to listen to that back and say, I, I learned something from this? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, basically, I learned about joy. <laughs> you know, it's like a, like when you have those bad experiences where things don't feel right musically as an artist, um, it's, it's, it crushes you deeper than any other experience you can have. It's because that's your personal material that's coming out. And, and um, like I said, it's that trust thing when you're working with someone that can really champion that for you and, and guide you along. So, uh, when I first realized that, when the, my first friend producer that I met and said, your vibrato is your thing and, you know, that's what's coming out. And so then I was like, okay, I'm going to make that stronger. You know, I'm going right. to really go with that. And also, you know, just uh, my sound. Like before I was all over the place and, and it's fine to experiment. You know, I was, I was experimenting with pop music and country which is it's it's fine to do that but it i felt really disjointed and i realized i want to focus on kind of what my personal sound is before i start really getting out there and exploring how do you so, yeah I've, I've just been doing that a lot how do you describe your sound um i mean i i've been using the word vintage in the past but okay. basically i call it acoustic folk rock because really that's what it is. And it's been really hard to tie down, you know, cause a lot of people in the music industry, they want to put you in a box and they want you to define exactly what it is. And I mean, you do need to define that in, in a way for, for, you know, certain purposes. But I, you know, when I said, well, I, I don't feel like I'm just folk or um, Americana, like what am I doing here? And so after a lot of thought, I've been calling myself an acoustic folk rock artist. And I think that really, embodies the, what the sound is i like it i, I think that yeah. tells me that tells me everything about who you are and it's one of the hardest things i think for an artist to do i mean i struggled with that for the years and uh right. i still don't know who the hell i am but that's okay <laughs> yeah i didn't find out so much later <laughs> <laughs> so let's do another one this one's called fire in my heart cynthia brando <laughs> I put on my red shoes And I walked the earth Here I am in my red shoes Searching for my worth I stepped out of a dark room Guided by a spark Seeking clues for a breakthrough on how to make my mark. Fire in my heart. Fire in my heart. Fire in my heart. Fire in my heart. So bruised, just another excuse 
scared and confused searching for the truth a fire in my heart a fire in my heart a fire in my heart a fire in so long to find myself but I'd been there all along through love and acceptance life becomes an amazing journey a beautiful work of art a fire in my heart a fire in my heart, 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 a fire in Yeah, fire in my heart. Uh, cool banjo in there, like that whole uh, arrangement with the banjo and the acoustic guitar sounds really. I recorded that cool. myself in my home studio. Did you really? It sounds mm-hmm. awesome. Really great. I wrote that. Uh, I wrote that with a fellow artist uh, named Donalyn Kasky, and she's also playing the, the banjo on that. So that's my, one of my first co-writes. Great, great job. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it you. sounds really good. So you were the... I'm going to be releasing that soon. You were the engineer, the producer, the whole thing. You did the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, I, I, I like doing that too. It's fun, isn't it? Yeah, it is fun. <laughs> hey, tell me about... Um, I want to ask you about when you're out on the road again, because I love the road stories. Can you share with us, if you can think of a, a time, that your biggest surprise, whether oh. it be... The bad food, the good food, the venues. (laughs) Was there something that surprised you more than anything else? Like when you got out there and said, I didn't see this coming. Anything you can put in particular? There's like so many things that I could share. Um, There's some bad things, a lot of good things. I try to focus on the good. This last tour last year um, got had a little sexual harassment incident. That was kind of scary. You, so, you posted um, about actually, that, didn't you? I did. I think, yeah, yeah, I, did. I thought I remember reading about that, but I can't remember the details. Um, yeah, please share. Yeah, so, um, I mean, you know, it's just one of those things that, that uh, as a, a woman out in the field, especially by yourself, that you do have to be hyper aware of yeah. safety. And so I'm actually working on a book about touring. Uh, as an independent artist, and I'm going to cover safety, which is is more for women, but also men. You know, you got to be careful because you're traveling with a lot of expensive equipment. Right. But um, yeah, safety stuff. But I mean, mostly I had just wonderful experiences when I was in New Mexico last year. I did a house concert, 
and I have a song called Red Scarf. It's not out yet, but it's a song about um, depression and uh, suicide. So it's a really tough topic that I don't play at a lot of shows. But I was at this house concert and I just decided I was going to play this song. And there was a woman in the front row that started weeping. And um, I almost felt like I did something wrong. Yeah. And then she came up to me after the show and told me that her, her son had committed suicide a couple weeks ago. Oh. And that, and then of course I felt really bad. Like, Oh, you know, I did something terribly wrong by singing that song. And she said, no, that it was so healing for her. Um, and it touched her so deeply and she needed that in that moment. And then she, she also told me like, what a great songwriter I am, which I don't actually hear a lot. A lot of people focus on my voice. And um, she just really loved the lyrics. And that was the first time anyone said, you're a really good songwriter. So that was a very special moment that I'll never forget. And she's and right. It, it boosted me. Yeah. It really boosted me. You know, isn't it, isn't it something when you, um, it, when all the uh, trials and tribulations we go through as, as singers, songwriters, musicians, anybody in the arts, but sometimes it just takes that one compliment you know that one person to come up and just say something that's positive and give you that little boost and you're good for like another hundred songs <laughs> there were five people at that house concert that's it really i was so depressed like no one came yeah but that woman was there that's all it took you know that's amazing um do you find that um especially with where you go going out into the into the public and that's one case, but music emerging and all the places you go, do you find depression to be, I don't want to say it's overwhelming among, amongst artists, but it seems to be uh, something that's very prevalent um, because I've had many people on my shows who have shared stories about, you know, uh, it's just a depressing thing, but music seems to save their life. Um, I mean, it doesn't save everyone's life um, because a lot of musicians com commit suicide, unfortunately, or yeah. they just really succumb to mental illness. Right. Um, sometimes I think artists just feel a little bit deeper as far as with the creativity and, you know, you have this sort of other almost entity or power that comes through you to be able to write songs and to, to share something that's so universal to other people. So I think artists take a, on a lot of um, emotions that are for the, the the collective world, you know, the world at large. So I think it could be overwhelming. And that's, uh, I mean, I, every, it's a case by case story for everyone. But um, I've, I mean, I've connected with so many people after I started talking about my struggles with depression. I've had so many people reach out to me and personally say that they, they struggle with it. And yeah. so on, on the live stream, that's a, a topic that we talk about. I talk a, lo a lot about with people is, um, you know, what's going on with uh, their mental states and how, how they persevere or how it or how sometimes they don't, you know, it's, yeah. it's hard. It's a, it's still I mean, it's becoming less of a taboo topic. I think people are more comfortable talking about it. Um, but it's still a taboo topic a lot of times. So, yeah, yeah. I am, um, as a much younger man, I struggled with it pretty badly. And to the point mm. where, you know, I got so healthy that I actually wrote a depression manual about a year and a half ago. And, and I'm going to put it up on my Dharmic website so people can yeah. get a copy. But, but it's really, it focuses on 
very practical things that you can do. It's like a little toolbox that you can read the whole right. thing in about 25 minutes. But I did one for each day of the week. So you can go and do something rather than just, we tend to sit and wallow in, and I know that's an oversimplification, but a lot of us tend right. to wallow in, in the not feeling good, feeling sick and feeling really, really bad. And we get paralyzed and we just don't do anything. But there are things that you can do physically and emotionally and mentally to help you through that. But um, yeah. but I don't think musicians are are carved out to be like specially picked on. But I do know that <laughs> there's, there's a lot who, who, you know, and I guess it's um, Billy Joel said it best when he wrote, it's either sadness or euphoria. And sometimes we get into that. We're either totally euphoric or we're totally sad, right. you know. So there, there has to be some kind of balance. Um, I want to ask you about what is the best state that you journeyed besides, you know, being in L.A., but like, did you find one state that was a big surprise as far as being a really cool musical state that you didn't think was going to be so uh, as far as gigging and just having some wonderful performances in that state? Well, you know, I only did one show, but this last uh, tour, I went to the Midwest and I went to Nebraska and I, I went to the smallest town ever. <laughs> it was the middle of nowhere. And my host actually, the, the drive was like an hour on a dirt road to this town. <laughs> and I've never been to the Midwest. I'm, I'm so not Midwest. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like comical, like right. me in the Midwest. Um, I'm like a hip California hippie. And so I didn't, you know, I didn't know what to expect, but like the whole town came out to hear me, you know, wow. uh, and, and I just didn't expect that. And, um, they didn't, you know, the, the whole vibe was funny because they were very, uh, even though there were a lot of people that came out to hear the music, they, they took one look at me and I think I felt almost like they were judging me. Like, who's this person? And then once, you know, you drink some beer and you start <laughs> talking to people and, and the, the music creates a bond almost instantly when you start playing and people are enjoying the music. And um, I that was a surprise. I had such a great time. And uh, I was researching a little bit about um, the music history in, in, in the Midwest. And, you know, Lincoln, Nebraska is a big one. I wasn't there, but I was close to there. And um, there's a lot of people I know that live in L.A. that are from the Midwest, and, and they talk about that strong musical connection there. That must have been, they must have had flyers up, or it was just, you know, they were talking about you, like at the Sunday <laughs> right. socials and everything. Hey, girl from California, she's coming here to entertain <laughs> us. <laughs> Something, yeah. Yeah, that must have been wild. But you know what? It doesn't matter. I mean, an audi a good audience is a good audience, and you don't really care if it's, you know, a big theater or whatever, uh, it's the right. vibe and it's the joy and the love they give you, you know, and the support, which is just wonderful to have that. Um, this next one I want to play, this is really beautiful. I really love this track. It's called Sun and Moon. Was the summer of sun and moon that quickly changed my life? I met you at your doorway and I brought you homemade pie. I knew 
Till I found a friend I could rely on Until the very end For me life is a fantasy You never know what's in store We swam along the riverbeds and walked the sandy shores. I knew I found a friend and much more. I could really depend. In our hearts You brighten the day And lit up the dark We made a vow To never part May we never be apart May we never be apart In minor keys I strummed guitar And wrote the words We found a harmony I knew I found a friend Who felt the music Within Slowly transcend the sun and I was the moon in our hearts we brightened the day and lit up the dark we made a vow to never part may we never be apart May we never be apart. But yeah, so Sun and Moon um, is actually a song about my best friend. Okay. So when I when I moved to Los Angeles, I lived in a small town in Northern California, and. Um, you know, it was, was one of those hard things that I had to 
separate myself from moving to a different life and uh, leaving her was like a big deal and my community there. So I just wanted to, uh, this special song came about our relationship. Uh, I mean, she's my best friend. Yeah. And I just wanted to commemorate that with a song. Great. Who did the violins? <laughs> Caitlin Wolfberg. Beautiful job. Yeah. She, <clears throat> she played on the Grammys. She's amazing. She lives in Los Angeles. Great track. I just love the arrangement. Everything about it was just really, really um, incredible. Um, I want to ask you also, there's a lot of things I want to ask you, so this is, we may need another interview after this, <laughs> about your daily regiment. Now, as a, as a singer-songwriter, um, workout, uh, spiritual reading, do you carve out hours of the day, the week specifically for writing? Um, how do you put your schedule together? Because you've got a lot of things going on here. You do. I've been on your website, and for anybody who wants to check it out, is Brando.com Is that the website? Yeah, it's yeah. really great, laid out beautifully. All the different things yeah, that Cynthia does. Yeah, um, check it out if you need videos done, production done. She does all kinds of things, coaching. Um, yes. So how do you put your day, your week together? What do you do? How do I do all that? Yeah. <laughs> It's funny because during this quarantine time when I'm not doing my day job as a substitute teacher, I'm wondering the same thing. Like, how did, how did I do all that stuff? Because yeah. I'm having trouble <clears throat> doing stuff now that my schedule's changed. Um, so it's kind of interesting. When I was a substitute teacher, it's like it, just having that block of time where you're, you're doing that thing, it kind of like the, the music circles around that. And yeah, I had to carve out, not, not for writing, but um, I, I mean, I have to do, because I own my own business, I have to do a lot of administration stuff yeah. and a lot of publicity stuff. So mostly I'm carving out time for that. And um, as far as spiritual and health, uh, that kind of all went out the window and it came back periodically. But um, having this time the last couple of months to really focus on that part uh, it, it, I'm, it made me want to change my life to focus on that more for my music. You know, I, it's, we forget how much we need to be healthy for our art. Yeah. And um, <laughs> it's, I mean, I was doing my art before, but it's like, I, I wasn't, I, I wasn't uh, doing it to my fullest potential, feeling good. It's, it's like every time I went into the studio, I was always really felt really rushed and like it wasn't the right time but that's the time i had because of all this other stuff i'm doing and so if things ever get back to normal i really want to focus on slowing down what um so. what subject do you teach whatever oh okay. yeah anything oh okay all grades oh all great subjects. great that's awesome yeah um, it's my third year. It must it must bring that. a lot of joy to you when you're you know i always i always so admired teachers because the, you know, you're, you're helping shape someone's life. I mean, not just being a teacher, but, you know, your influence is so powerful over kids, you know? It's just amazing. Um, um, I, I wish that they would, I, I could tell them that. <laughs> <laughs> that they would, they would listen to that advice right, more often. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I uh, approach my day job as a substitute teacher as a spiritual practice because, um, you know, music is my passion, but as an artist, we have to do other things sometimes. And so um, I take my job very seriously because I'm working with children. And um, I also really, just really like to help people. So if I could help someone with something, that gives me a lot of joy. Yeah. 
on the subject of the change of being, you mentioned about you're you're looking at your your uh, singer songwriter career a little different because we've had to be in this lockdown mode. I've noticed a lot of people like have changed their trajectory um, because mm. they, they've just been forced to like sit and re-examine their life because it's like, well, what am I going to do? I'm not going to sit in front of the TV for 12 hours a day when I'm used to doing all of these other things. So I think there's been a lot of soul searching going on. Have you found that with some of your music emerging artists and just, you know, friendships and relationships and people talking in general? Um, I'm sure it's happening. I've uh, spoken to a few musicians that I'm very close with that are comfortable talking with me about that kind of stuff. And um, there's a lot of freaked out musicians right now <laughs> that are wondering, like, do I have, you know, they're, they're asking the questions, like, what, what am I going to do? Uh, I mean, I'm asking the same thing about that also. It's like, I don't, I don't know if I, I, I even have a day job to go back to in the fall. And as far as touring, that's how I supported myself during the summers. So, um, yeah, we're all uh, freaking out about it. Um, and you know, I don't think anyone that I know has reached the planning stage yet. We're just still kind of waiting to see what happens. Uh, but a lot of people have moved to online and that become very resilient, uh, with their merchandise. And I'm looking into like jewelry I used to make, um, and maybe offering that as a merchandise through my, my, my music website. So I think slowly people are starting to to um, figure that, you know, that the bubble has burst and you might have to be a little more creative in, in what you're going to do with your music now. I think we're scary. I think that's true. I think we're going to come back in a big way, though. I think this is teaching us a lot of um, a lot of holes that we had in our collective game as a country, um, just mm. on, like on all sectors. You know, we got very complacent and. You know, right. I, I always, you know, beat up on the China thing because I'd say, you know, if you put Shark Tank on at any time, everybody, unless you were building something and getting it out of China, then it's like, no, 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 it's it, it, you got to go to China, you know, and, and it was this mindset that we had to do that. So I think we forgot that we're, we have the ability to do things here and we can do them really well, too. So um, I th- I'm pretty positive. I think there's going to be a vaccine sooner than than people are saying, and that um, we're going to figure a, a way how to um, not let this happen on on a grand scale again. I mean, I think I think diseases will happen again, but um, sure. I, I think the resiliency of the creativity, especially in this country, and now countries working together with one another to try to build something, a system maybe to not allow this to happen again. So I'm I'm just. You know, I just want to give as many musicians out there hope. Uh, if, you, if you're doing it and doing it well, keep doing it, man. Don't give up. Just keep on going, you know. Um, uh, yeah, don't give up. Yeah, because uh, you're going to write that next song and say, if I had given up, I would never have this, the Treehouse Sessions or whatever, right. you know, yeah. or Sun and Moon. You know, you wouldn't have it. People need the songs. You they, know? They, they really, really do. do. Yeah, and like you've heard it being on the road about people just – you know, coming up to you and just saying, you know, you, you changed my whole, you know, demeanor, my whole mood or my whole life with that song, you know, and there's no greater, you know, compliment than that. So what do you want to say, Cynthia Brando, for your second time here as we're rolling out here, 
I got I got to curl up the red carpet <laughs> and put it away, but <laughs> but um, that's what I'm missing. I'm missing the red carpet. I, over I know. Um, so just in parting, uh, would you like to um, just give your website again? Of course, CynthiaBrando.com. Yes. CynthiaBrando.com, MusicEmerging.com. Going to release the first podcast probably next Sunday in June. Not this Sunday, but next Sunday, and done some interviews for that so that'll be coming out so that'll all be updated and um yeah i'm working on a new album oh an ep so shorter so it's about four songs and i've been putting updates on my website about that and my social media i'm everywhere so facebook instagram all that you are easy to find the most brando you're the most ubiquitous brando i know Cynthia, it's always, always a pleasure to see you and chat with you. And I thank you so much for being a part of the Dharmic Evolution once again. And may, yes, thank you. Yeah, may all God's blessings go with you and support you and your music. You too, James. Thank you so much. It's been great. The changing skies of my life. End of the world. Fire in my heart. And sun and moon had a great trip down memory lane today with cynthia brando and all of the new things going on in her life inspiring talks live streaming montana amazing nature white sands the national park in new mexico garage band joan baez stevie nicks learning about joy the new book is coming soon House concerts, the red scarf, coming soon. And Nebraska, who could forget that dirt road? Hey, the new podcast is coming out from Cynthia Brando. Don't forget to check that out. And how about Caitlin Wolfberg? So many wonderful things happening today on the Dharmic Evolution with Cynthia Brando. Hey, go over to dharmicevolution.com and check out all of the artists we have on that website. 270-something now, I think it is. We've got uh, their stories, their songs, their photos, their videos, and their blogs. Check it out and also support the Dharmic Evolution Facebook community page by posting your content if you're a singer-songwriter or an author, speaker, or thought leader. Go over there and support the artists around the world who are on that site, or you may just want to put up your own content if you're an alumni of this show. And if you want to be on the Dharmic Evolution, reach out to me, James, at thejamesoconnoragency.com, and we'll see if you can get a booking on this show. That's a wrap for me today. I'm your host for the Dharmic Evolution, James Kevin O'Connor, singer-songwriter, audio-video artist, master storyteller, and international talent agent. So until the next time when we meet again, I'll either see you on the socials or I'll see you from a stage. <laughs>